Smokey! Smokey, it's me! It's me, Monty! What is it now? Well, my friend Snowbell here needs a favor. Snowbell? <laughs> now there's a manly name. Yeah. You see, sir, I've got this mouse at home I can't eat. Sensitive stomach? Oh, no. I can't eat him because <clears throat> he's a member of the family. A mouse with a pet cat? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh. That's not funny. That's sick. A cat can't have a rodent for a master. I mean, what's this world coming to? It's against the laws of nature. Word of this gets out, it'll be bad for cats all over. So you think you can help me? Consider it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where I talk about a mouse with my spouse. Oh. I'm Kaylee. I am said spouse. I'm Ryan. I've never ridden a cat bareback before. <laughs> this week, we watched Stuart Little. Stuart. Screenplay by M. Night Shyamalan. Who knew? And some other guy. And some other guy. As soon as I saw that, I'm thinking, uh, I don't know when, in 99, I don't know... When Shyamalan started to get big. Nah. It just reads to me as like, he tightened it up or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they brought in another person. I think he was doing more kid-friendly stuff around this time. I don't know when Lady of the Water comes out, but... I would just guess like he's there for story-related stuff, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's get into it. I'm going to read the summary from the back of the box. Here we go. Join the fun when the little family adopts an adorable spunky boy named Stuart, voiced by Michael J. Fox, who looks a lot like a mouse. Wow, one would even say he is a mouse. Mr. and Mrs. Little, Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis fall in love with Stuart right away. But their older son, George, Jonathan Lipnicki, isn't so sure what to make of his new brother and the family's white cat, Snowbell, voiced by Nathan Lane, devises a dastardly plan to get Stuart out of the house, dot, 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 permanently. State-of-the-art special effects, laugh-out-loud comedy, and rip-roaring hijinks make this the biggest adventure (laughs) a little can have. Ryan, what is your summary? Oh, I got it. Hold on. I'm ready for it. Cat acting. The movie. (laughs) Yeah, really. You guys want to see a bunch of cats act? A bunch? Yeah. This is the one. Here's that movie. I realized, like, late into the film, I didn't look up if any cats were harmed in the making of this, because these are real cats, and they are just animating the mouth. Yes. And at some point, they get thrown into a body of water. The cats do? I don't remember that. The cats, um... They get thrown into water? Well, yeah, the actual cats do, but in the story, a branch breaks and they fall into the water. Right. And you see real deal cats coming out of the water. I think you've spoiled this for everybody now. I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure everybody's like, oh, man, I'd like to know something about this movie, but what I don't want to know is if cats fall in water. Yeah, yeah. And you ruined it. What I really spoiled was cats may have been harmed. We don't know. Who knows? I feel like... A woman? No. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Um, 
I feel like, wait. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just derailed Completely. your entire thought. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I lost it. Good job. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that's okay. I'm sure it'll come back as we start to get into it. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So let's start out with why I have this in my list. I loved this movie as a kid. My first date was to see the sequel. 1999. So yeah. when, how old were you when the sequel comes out? I was the age that Lipnicki is when he filmed this. When the sequel came out? Yes. Yeah, I would have been eight. I was five when this came out. Okay. Four or five. So what, um, what about the sequel? It was my first date. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I wasn't even like getting at that but no 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 no. but i mean this film in particular has a lot of significance to me because i watched it so much i remember um we had the vhs and i would watch it over and over and over and it just felt like a genuine kids movie i was shocked at like the the animation and like how the cat's mouths moved and how good stewart looked at the time yeah. And I loved the book, um, the E.B. White story. Yeah, let's kind of start with that. I don't okay. know anything about the books, therefore was never interested in this. So the books... I was too old to be... Well, not too old. I, I was like 18. Yeah. So I wasn't really trying to watch a movie kids. like this. You weren't babysitting children watching kids' movies? No. No. <laughs> I was um, never babysitting children. You have never babysat before? No, I was a dog sitter. Really? Okay. I was a house sitter, dog sitter guy. You were a terrible house sitter from the stories Mm-mm. I have heard. Mm-mm. A really bad one. <laughs> Depends on the, the, the house ask? and, and the, the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sometimes I was great. The book, though, is interesting. So... Stuart Little is born to the Little family. He's not adopted. He is born from the family. And he's two inches tall, and he is described as mouse-like. Yeah. But they never identify him as a mouse. A little guy Yeah. Uh, is adopted by the Little family. Yeah, and then an illustrator comes along, and he draws up a bunch of pictures for the book, and he draws him as a mouse, and everybody's like, cool, he's a mouse. That's great. And the actual plot... Of the book is more like the sequel. The not the sequel. Not this. This is fabricated, right? It's a lot like Annie, I guess. It's okay. kinda like the other Lipnicky film we watched, like Mike. It's an adoption story. Yeah, I don't know Annie well enough to know how much it parallels that, though. So Annie ends up with a great family. She's finally getting along with the family. Everything's going smoothly. And then her fake, real parents show up Got and it. take her away. That's pretty much B for B. Yeah. It's a whole money scheme. Um, but then she gets reunited. So this is basically Annie with Stuart Little characters. This This has the symbolism of what it must feel like to be an orphan. To it feel does. small and insignificant and different. I think yeah. more so than that, like now I'm watching it and I realize the thing that appealed to me as a kid is the whole idea of feeling small and everybody's watching yeah. you and everybody, 
this feeling like you're out of place, like you don't belong and like everyone's staring at you. Mm -hmm. I empathized a lot with that feeling as a kid. I think all kids do at some point in their life. So this film really registered with where I was at. Yeah, I I can see why they made it. Like It was weird that it took me so long for it to click that him being a mouse is just kind of a metaphor. Yeah. It's symbolic. It's not a metaphor. Yeah. And even if it's not beat for beat the book, um, I think they do a really good job of storytelling. Well, I will say uh, my first note is too soon. Too soon? Only because we start with Jonathan Lipnicki getting on a bus. (laughs) We just had to send our daughter to uh, kindergarten for the first time this week. And um, yeah. Part of the reason why I picked this is because it's about... You know, uh, growing up, making a family, meeting new people, trying to fit in. It's a lot of themes that we've been dealing with in our personal life. But the next thing is yeah. something we have not and most likely will not deal with, which is adoption. Lipnicki is conservatively 10 years old, nine. He's eight when he films this. Okay, so he's so playing eight, eight or nine. Yeah. And they're just now looking into adoption. And he says he wants a little brother, not a big brother. A little brother. And boy, do they run with that. Yeah. <laughs> he gets on the bus, little brother, not a big brother. Yeah. And then they immediately go to Cut the Cut to Julia Sweeney from uh, SNL. And she's in the most purple. This is like Wes Anderson-esque, the way they do the purple in this room. Her, I'm gonna, yeah. her outfit is purple. Everything in the room is like the same shade. There's a lot of color symbolism in this film, and it really didn't stick out to me as a kid. But here, it's like violently apparent. Um, the parents, violently apparent. Violently, you're not allowed to apparent. adopt a mouse <laughs> if you are violent, violently apparent. Um, the I think violently was just stuck in my head because you said purple, and I think violently purple. Violently, because of a totally different podcast. Let's. I, I need to focus here. Focus. The parents are always in blue and red. The adoption uh, person, I I don't know what to call oh, her. She's, yeah. she's somewhere blue in between. Blue and red is purple. Mm-hmm. She's purple. Well, she's the unified idea of you know their intentions. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I get it. Very... Um, very good people represented in this. I do, I do appreciate, um, you know, I, I'm always dubious on uh, how these are going to play out, these kids' movies. Yes. They play on stereotypes so much or just like simplicity. And they give some complexity to this relationship. Um, he comments, the, the way they meet him is him analyzing their relationship. Yes. It's really wild. Yeah. He's like, I love the way that you guys know each other so well. You can finish each other's sentences. sentences, He's complimenting them in a way that's saying like, you're clearly ready to adopt. I mean, but we all know for real that Orphan Thursday. Yeah, dude. Okay, let's. He's he's developed game over the years. What what I gleaned from that is he this is his game. You know, yeah. he knows he's got to play an angle, right? He's not like the other kids. So he's going to sell the other kids to you. Right. And then he's going to warm you over with his charm. Oh, you, 
You're so observant. Did he profile these parents? Yes. Like, did he have the game and he was just waiting for like Their very wealthy little, looking oh, people? He, like, he did yep. the little mouse like cha-ching with his, you know, <laughs> fist and elbow, you know, doing that, you know, that thing. His creepy little like um, anthropomorphized mouse hand. Which they look like mouse or human hands, depending on the scene. Yeah. There's yeah. some weird stuff going on here, Kaylee. The whole thing reminds me of like Cats, the musical. Yes. Well, this yeah. is literally Cats the movie because half of this movie is cat acting. <laughs> I love it. There is there I is more it. there are more scenes with cats than there are with just humans. Yeah. With just cats than just humans. Yeah. Because almost every scene has like humans and a mouse or cat or something. Well they oh, there are tons of cat scenes. There just are. cats. Because they don't have to pay the cats. They have to pay Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie. All I can think about watching the second half of this movie is how much work is this? Getting all these cats to do this and, you know, getting this cat to work with this other cat like that. Like, I'm just like, I'm so amazed by how they put this all together. And then on top of all that, they have to put CG like mouth movement on these sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is even this one moment where I commented, they're just showing the cats as shadows. And I was like, ah, budget ran out. Couldn't animate this scene. So they did <laughs> shadows. Um, there's a lot of cat animation in this film. And then in the second movie, they throw a bird in there too. So it's animal heavy. And I think that allowed them to get some really great stars. Because there are so many big names here, like Nathan Lane voices a I cat. I find that to be totally unnecessary, though. To get big stars in there? Sometimes. It's one thing when it's uh, Natasha Leone, and it's such an iconic voice. Yes. J.B. Smoove. I consider Nathan Lane an iconic voice. I know. I don't. You had to tell me that. Really? I think I would have gotten it eventually, but Wow, okay. And okay. I know it's not like I don't know who he is. The but. other main cat is Steve Zahn and I had to show you a picture of him for and you I to know, know who, who that he guy is, is but, but he was really big in 99. But he sounds like somebody else. He sounds like a mix between like Owen Wilson yes. and I don't know, Dwight from The Office. I I don't know, there's, Rain there's Wilson. Luke even. Luke Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Idiocracy, sure. yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he sounds like a Wilson brother. I had to look up who was voicing this cat because I it was on the tip of my tongue. It sounded very familiar. But I'm all saying, the Wilson brothers have volleyball heads, right? It's just a volleyball covered with like a human face. No, <laughs> am I wrong about that? <laughs> yes, I think you are. Oh, <laughs> I thought they were like ancestors of um, the you know. Uh, the volleyball yeah. species. What are you saying? <laughs> the the uh, Tom Hanks experience where he was stranded for a while. Castaway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That documentary. Wilson. They're just oh oh okay. Owen Wilson is a descendant of Wilson from Castaway. They're all just volleyballs with the human faces on them, right? It took me way too long to get to the joke. I okay. didn't. I didn't understand where you were going. Whatever. I, I accept them. Okay. I, I think they're talented actors. Um, Jeffrey Jones is in this movie. Who that? Jeffrey Jones is the dad from Beetlejuice. So it took me being no. an adult. Yes, he is. Oh, uh, Alec Baldwin is the dad from Beetlejuice. That's he's one of the dads. 
Uh, he's Alec, the dad. I mean, no, okay. he's the dead guy. Alec Baldwin is the dead guy. Alec with, Baldwin does die with Gina Davis. That's her. That's her dad, though. No? That's no. Is it not? No. Okay. Okay. Oh, they buy Ryan. the house, die in the house. Okay. So we don't yes. need to go through Beetlejuice. Sorry. No, so sorry. no, no. I only bring it up just because Jeffrey Jones and Gina Davis right. were They're both in that movie, and this is the only other He's movie. Not I'm sorry. I, I fucked up. My bad. The other thing that I um, read on the internet, I've never seen Mouse Hunt, but it stars Nathan Lane. What is Mouse Hunt? It's a movie that stars Nathan Lane where he's hunting a mouse. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But I just want to talk about that now. <laughs> for people who know what this movie is, Stuart Little one and two uh-huh. plus Mouse Hunt. Uh-huh. It's three films where Nathan Lane is chasing a mouse. He a cat. He a cat. Yeah. And I believe it. I think he was actually starring in this and they CGI the rest of his movies. Except in the birdcage. No, especially in that because you can't have this fucking cat around this bird. So you had to CG a a man in there. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the birdcage? I have. Okay. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Okay. Good. Um... I feel bad for all other orphans in this film. They don't have any parents. They don't have any parents. I mean, come how can you not feel bad for that? Yeah, but like they're waiting for parents and then Stuart Little just gets picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset for them. Like he's riding away waiting Apparently, goodbye. Apparently Stuart's been there for years though. They know yeah. Stuart's his struggle. I think those kids respect his struggle. How old is Stuart Little? Do we know they that? They don't really he say. Is- an adoptable age. I get the vibe that he is Jonathan Lipnicki's age. I get the vibe that he is Michael J. Fox and therefore a teenager. Okay. Because he is the... He's back to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Iconic teenager. So he's middle school, high school, um, somewhere around that. Yeah. Because it does contradict his desire. He wanted a little brother. He didn't want an older brother. So he got what he wanted. It, it, he got his monkey paw wish, right? Yes. Ooh, that's a fun way of thinking of it. In the book, he's described Wait, as. Does, mm-hmm. does the does one of them have a monkey's paw or something when he tells them that? No, because that'd be really cool. No, nice detail. No, he's <laughs> got a rabbit's foot. Huh? I'll <laughs> just throw in some what? more animals. Finish what you were going to say, because I really need to go into something. <laughs> in the book, Stuart Little is eight, but he acts like he's fourteen. He's very smart. For his age. Oh, okay. And I think the idea is because he ages like a mouse. He, yeah, rapid. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But that's sad then. He's been in that orphanage for years. He's got to be, yeah, he's got to be a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I feel bad though. For you should. All other orphans. Because he <laughs> They don't have parents. Don't I know. Parents. He's waving goodbye to them. And the kids are all happy to see him go off with the family. But, like, yeah. if I'm in the orphanage, I'm pissed. What was that uh, Life is a Zucchini movie? Oh, My Life is a Zucchini. Yeah. Whenever you think like that, think about that movie. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. It's not about jealousy. No. Yeah. Like, full-grown adults, go watch that movie. It's so cute. <laughs> okay. He's adopted. He gets introduced to his whole family, and Jonathan Lipnicki is instantly not on board. Well, why did nobody say, holy shit, that mouse is talking? Yeah, really? Ever. 
I think we exist in a New York that is so radioactive that it has talking animals on the regular. I think we're in the Ninjaverse. The Ninjaverse. The Ninja Turtleverse. I like that. Yeah. He's like the son of Splinter. In some way. Yeah. Probably. I like this idea. Yeah. That that could be. He should have ninja moves. I mean, why? Somehow. Why is nobody appalled? At the, the the uncle starts to say some shit. Yeah. About like he's a he's a mouse. Yeah. And then Auntie pipes him with adorable. the adorable. He's adorable. He is very cute. His little clothing. He's pretty cute. Yeah, they yeah. did a good job with the CG. His clothes look a little dumb at some point. Um, like the button looks like it's out of the first Toy Story movie. Oh, oh, I hear you. Okay. Not very realistic looking, but yeah. Yeah, but um, Jonathan Lipnicki comes in and says the most kid-like thing I have ever heard. He says, you look somewhat like a mouse. Kids, man. Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves. He's like, bitch, I'm out. This is weird. Bye-bye. Dude, you remember the part where um, she says we usually try to pair parents with the same species? Yeah. And it's like, I have a note that says, does species equal race? Yeah. Is that what they're trying to <laughs> is say this here? Like that kind of place? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's home. And Jonathan Lipnicki is not happy. What is his name in this? George. Because they gave Estelle Getty her own name. They did. <laughs> Who? What is Estelle Getty from? I know I recognize her. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. They gave her her name. <laughs> yeah. Just straight up called her Estelle. She's got a great moment where she talks about being, uh, <laughs> um, having a growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was great. One day I just shot up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the whole family embraces Stuart. Uh Jonathan's having some some time though. Yeah, the family is great. They're wacky, kooky. They remind me a lot of like Meet the Robinsons mm. now. I don't know if that was a really film. Know okay, that. cool. Yeah. But they're kooky like the Adams family. But I was gonna say it's right happy. the song of for the Adams family. Though, you know, that's... They're not creepy and kooky. Creepy and the kooky all together ooky? No. Is that how that goes? I think that's the lyric. Ooky. Oh, all together ooky. ooky. At least that's how I remember it. Mm, okay. Mm. Mm. She said, mm. Oh, ooky. You remember it like that? Mm. <laughs> that's nasty. Ah, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> The family's cute. They immediately take to him. But here's the thing. They're giving him welcome gifts. And it's like a bowling ball, a bicycle. Like nobody prepared you for this. No. Nobody prepared you. Like nobody called up the aunties like, hey, do not get this kid a bicycle. We'll explain when you get here. You would think it'd be nice to get some heads up. And I do like the fact that like this family is really playing along and they're like, come on, climb on up on this bicycle. And Lipnicki is just like, what the fuck is going on he here? calls them out. Yeah, that's kids, man. Fuck yeah. Kids are so brutally honest. I don't understand why they were playing a game in the first place. That's a great fucking question. They could have been nice as hell to this kid or mouse without <laughs> like patronizing him. Yeah. Yeah. It's Weird. He's having a tough time in the house. 
because he gets trapped in a washer at some point. But he's still thrilled. I, I mean, this motherfucker's going through it, and he's still cool. He's happy to be here. Yeah, I assume that this is what his life was like in the orphanage as well. You know, he's probably getting stuck in it's all kinds of worse. stuff. Yeah. Because there's so many kids there. And people don't really care about him as much. No. So we see him in the bathroom, and he's got his own sink. Tiny plumbing. Who's doing that tiny, tiny plumbing, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, really? I love it, though. Um, the, his toothbrush is still pretty big for him. Okay. It's sizable. He's I, mostly teeth. I love that. I mean, his face is. I think not everything is going to match up for this guy. He's going to have, nah. like, Barbie's toothbrush, but Calico Cat's sink. Ben's daywear. Ben's daywear. Okay. <laughs> I love this scene so much. I loved it as a kid. I love it now. Because now I get it. It, it, it. It's a doll called Ben. They're making fun of Ken. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's yeah. cute. I didn't get that as a kid. But now timely. I get it. Timely, because Barbie. Oh, it's Which so we still haven't seen. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we're and we're protesting it until yeah. it's free. <laughs> so the parents see him in his new outfit. It, they show off all the bends. There's like Aqua Ben, Gladiator Ben. And they're like, no, no, no. We're just gonna have a nice family dinner. So Benner, Benner. Um. So he's in the curtain and he's changing and stuff. He comes out and the parents say like. Oh, wow, you look like a little. And what does he say? He's like, wow, I was worried I was going to look just like Ben. Yeah. This is so cute. Good stuff. I was rolling, dude. It was funny. Now, he does not have the drip of a little. He does not. I mean, from minute one of Gina Davis's uh, presence here, she has been looking gorgeous and so well-dressed. Yes. And every once in a while, um, they they put some nice, you know, jackets and shit on um Hugh Laurie, but otherwise it's Gina Davis show. He's just like doing the color contrast. Yeah. As you said, it's like a red and blue thing. But she is always looking good. And Stuart Little's got a nice little uh modern look to him, right? Yeah. But for whatever reason they ha- they hyper focus on the parents outfits yes um the whole entire art theme here is like very early mid-century yeah. it's such a classic look yeah and I every think, dress could be worn in like the last 40 years yeah um and they look great like the color is nice the cut is nice but she is just like absolutely gorgeous um and there are a few movies that kind of show her this way and I think they took advantage of it. They said, yes. hey, we have this beautiful woman. Let's put her in some nice shit. Yeah, she's Gina fucking Davis. Yeah. I think this they is did not a great job. A league of their own. We're going to actually show this woman off. Like she is a model, basically. Yeah. 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 She's mommed up. But I don't she's like her like hair like that much. Elegant. But yeah, her yeah. fucking clothing is just amazing in this. It's really nice. I think Lip Nikki also has some really cute outfits. His little white jacket suit. Oh, is their so family cute. picture. Yeah. They they do it pretty good, pretty. He looks big for like a, a tiny waiter, and I love it. He's so <laughs> he does. small, and and Stuart Little, of course, looks like an even tinier waiter. Yeah, yeah, they have like matching suits going on. Yeah, it's cute. It's very <laughs> cute. Uh, the boat. This whole sequence just terrified me as a kid, but it was like that kid terrifying, exciting feeling. I okay, why? I love sailboats. I like 
sailing. I like the water. I got to sail as a kid and it's so- like, yeah, go AWOL nation on some sailboats. It's a formative part of my childhood and I liked that I was able to see it here. You sailed as a child. Yeah. Why do I not know this? I don't know. I've mentioned it a bunch. My dad owned a sailboat and we never took that boat out on the water. Okay. I think I've talked that about I'm this a little bit. With. Right. But yeah, I went sailing and stuff as a kid. My dad was like fully convinced he was going to live on a boat. And I think this is because he was in the Navy for a while. Because he got that drip. He got that trip. No, he, he really wanted to like live out his life on a sailboat. Huh. Yeah. And I think it With just. three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it like really stuck in my head. It was this fantastic idea. And now as an adult, I'm like, God, that's terrifying. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> you no, want to live can't. in a tiny home though. I mean, we did live in some small homes. When I was growing up, but I think my dad really just wanted like the freedom and to be near the water. You Do gotta you think, think that might be, oh, I'm sorry, finish. Um, he grew up in Kansas and Arizona where there's Kansas. no fucking water. Yeah. So that that's bad. I don't know. He just, his, he always said his favorite time in his life was when he lived in Washington. And I think everybody's favorite time yeah. is when they lived in Washington. Really? Really though? <laughs> I think it was just You don't ever want to come back, man. Yeah. Not from there. No. um, He was informed by the sea. I really liked that idea, and I loved boats. Okay. It's here in the movie. It was scary, but really enjoyable. Is your desire to live in a tiny home somehow a compulsion to relive parts of your childhood in which you (laughs) imagined... (laughs) That's your family's lifestyle, being on a Maybe. boat. Maybe, yeah. Cause I, Trying to recreate that, I'm that ideal that it sounds like you kind of saw your father dreaming of. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm more of a mountain person than an ocean person, for sure. You're a mountain girl. I mean, everybody, you, you don't realize this because we're not a video podcast, but beard to the boob. <laughs> Full on. Mm-hmm. Beard yep. and boots. I do wear a lot of Can't flannel. Can't see the cleavage because the beard just... It's covers that right up. Right there. I did that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and you wear them deep Vs. Yeah. So I can part, For the beard. So I can part my beard like a curtain. Yeah. And then bam, make some titties. <laughs> or tuck it in. Tuck it in, like yeah. sometimes people do that with their tie. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wear the flannels. I can tuck it into my button up. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I tie it like Dumbledore. I'm oh, into it. A little tie in the middle. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the mountains. Um, tiny home. It's going to happen at some point for me. I know it. Tiny home's relevant. Everything's tiny in this. And he finally has a bonding moment with Jonathan Lip Nikki over the boat. Yeah. Um, and all that reminded me of uh, Indian in the Cupboard. Did you ever read that? Nope. We've talked about this before. Yeah. And I think it's time. We need to find those books and read them and see if uh, they're appropriate for the kid. I don't remember if they're good. I just remember them. Okay. You know, like I, I can't remember much other than like visually. I think there were pictures on the book. I I, I know what happens essentially, right? Like okay. the nuance, of course, is is gone though. So I wonder if they were good books or if they were like 
kind of problematic. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're called Indian in the cupboard, so I'm going to guess. Not a good start. No, 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 no. But I mean, I'm reintroduced to this story and I definitely want to find this book. I know exactly where it is in my mother's house. I'm going to go steal it. Your mother's house. Next time I'm out there okay. and uh, read it to my kid. I think she'd enjoy it. Tight. Yeah. I think she'd like this movie. Dude, now that she can watch this movie, like, I'm <laughs> so happy. Yeah. We're getting to a point in our podcast, like, we just finished up Karate Kid, so now I can watch Cobra Kai, and also our kid can watch Karate Kid, right? We're finally getting into movies that I want to show her that are relevant to where she is in her life right now, and it it's feels really rewarding to talk about them on the podcast and then be able to show them and get her opinion as well. Yeah, that is cool. We should get her on the pod. But this uh, this is very much a kid's film. Yeah. It's padded with a good, you know, 25 to 30% action, goof, uh, goofy activity stuff. Um, you know, just like... What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, slapstick. Slapstick, a little bit of camp. Yeah. Kid humor. But that's what kids want to see. They don't care what you're saying. Yeah. And it, Lipnicki's character is so kid-like. I don't know how else to put that. Um, he reminded me a lot of our kid in that he says, what's it look like I'm doing, picklehead? He got, yeah, he got kind of sassy at some point. Yeah. Our kid is a great kid. She Fantastic. Is. She is very sassy. She, yeah, she will fuck with you every once in a while. <laughs> Can I talk about the shirt? The yeah. shirt thing she does? Yeah, sure. That's so, that, that's actually like genuinely funny. Well, she's doing this new thing where she just like shits on you constantly. Have we not talked about this already? I don't know. I, I don't like think have. so. Um, but she's doing this thing where like you will put on your shirt as you're walking down the hallway. For some reason, the kid finds this very funny. So she started doing this thing where she'll like... She never said it while I was doing it. She just one day mm-hmm. was getting ready for bed or for something and putting a shirt on. And she's putting it on while she's walking into the living room and saying, Dad, this is you. <laughs> and we just cracked up because, yes, I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh and now that she does it, I think about it when I do it every time. Like, and I catch my, I don't catch myself till I'm doing it. Of course, yeah. I'm in the hallway already. And, um, our kid is like, made, yeah, she must have seen me do it a billion times. Has our kid made you self conscious or self aware? I, I, it's fun. Like, I, I have a laugh now. Yeah. It does feel more like a roommate situation than. It's better than that. Oh, it's so much it's better a than that. Little yeah. Little child. Calling out your regular behaviors and, and laughing about it. Right. Because you don't love all your roommates. You love your kids. She's not like shitting on me. She's just saying this is what you do and <laughs> yeah. then doing it too. And I mean, that's kind of what you want from a kid is to repeat your behaviors in some ways. That's that's a very innocuous thing. It's yeah. it's whatever. If she does that or not, like who cares? You know, as she gets older and and stuff, that might get a little bit more problematic. But I don't, you know. No, right now it's just like, oh, mom, you talk like this, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she's mimicking it because she's observing it. Yes. She's, she's watching nice us thing. make fun of each other. Yeah. She shows how observant she is. It's cool. It is. It really is. Lipnicki is so much a kid in this. And I, I don't this feel like that's the all the writing. At the yeah. time. Yeah. I he's mean, in he's Jerry Maguire and... 
Little Monsters. And Little Giants. No, he might not be in that. But he's such a bad actor, but he's such a bad actor in a way that works. Yeah. Because it's very much like a kid. It's like a natural kid type yeah. of behavior. Um, and he's cute. He's, he's pretty cute. Just yeah. so cute. Like it's super real for a kid to be introduced to a weird situation or introduced to a bullying situation and to just kind of go quiet, deliver a couple of words and then leave. Mm-hmm. That's very kid like, I think. For sure. You know, when we present weird situations to our kid or if she's ever like in a situation she doesn't want to be in she does get really quiet she'll say a couple of words and then she will find a reason to leave well i finally found a reason yeah so we get to the boat race yeah i think that's what we were talking about the boat is so fucking cool but anton is such a jerk and i remember hating this character he's the bully Mm -hmm. that's Making fun of his boat. Just a rich kid with a better boat, bigger yeah. boat. Yeah, I remember hating this kid when I, I don't was. Understand a kid. why he's allowed to have a bigger boat? I don't know you what the think, rules are. He's would, clearly not following the rules. Well, why isn't he disqualified? Then? Great question. I don't know. But yeah, we don't know. Better question: How do the remote controls reach that far out into the water? And what do they do? Is there a propeller of any kind, or is it just? Using what would normally be the steering column for a sailboat. There is a tiny motor on the boat. Yeah. We see this because the rudder moves. Right. And also there's like a tiny um, propeller, I think, underneath the boat. So it's an RC boat. It's kind not a of. sailboat. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> Stuart Little uses it as a sailboat. Which is why I'm confused. Because why would it have regular boat mechanics? Okay, so then, do the remote controls control the sails, like the direction? That's what I kind of I like it. assumed while watching it. Like, what what is it controlling? And, and I, I kind of considered many options, and that's certainly one of them. I think that's kind of uh, what I'm leaning towards, is it, it just controls whatever you would normally control yeah. if you were on a sailboat. Yeah, because there is like an up and down button. Toggle. I think that's for the sails to go up and down. And then there's like a side to side. I think that's to adjust. Yeah, the it sails. seems like they're moving the direction of the sails. But, you know, sailboats don't really work like that, do they? No, because there's also a steering wheel in the center. And I think that is to represent the steering wheel Man. itself. Now I'm so fascinated. I'm probably going to look into this. I really want to know because I've always wanted this since seeing it yeah it's cool i really do feel like this film is why i'm into like miniatures i don't have any but i'm fascinated by them yeah for real for real yeah it it should they do a good job it's fun it Uh, is you know it felt like the movie was over when this is all done the boat race yeah okay it feels like a nice tight little package and i'm i'm cool I'm ready to throw away, throw away popcorn, go home. But it occurred to me that there's no way this is over yet because we're like 40 minutes in. Yeah. We need the drama. So what's going to happen? And then I didn't like what happened. You did it. Oh, no. First off, let me just say that all these cats are dead by now. Yes. That's sad. 
Fun fact, supposedly Lipnicki took home Snowbell. Snowbell is a terrible name for a cat. It's dumb. It's like Snowball from The Simpsons, but it's not. It's like worse. Snowball is a terrible name for Snowball because he's a black cat. Well, the first one was white. (gasps) He's Snowball too. Oh. Yeah, that's why Snowball too, because the first one was a white cat. Now I know this is backstory that I didn't have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talking to the Simpsons guy. Okay. You fucking with the bad guy, Chico. Yay. But we start to get into the whole animal narrative. And I already have a problem with the cat talking. Why does Stuart talk? Why does the cat talk? Why does nobody hear the cat, but they hear Stuart? This is all very confusing. And now, guess what? Mm -hmm. Two little uh, mom and dad mice show up. Not Renee Zellweger. I thought that it was. Even if it? it, Oh, I know who it is. Um, I can't think of her name, though. No, but even her. as a kid, I thought it was Renee Zellweger. She's got a very unique voice, and that's why they picked her for this. She does. It's Jennifer Tilly. There you go, Tills. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy is Bruno Kirby, who's like a very And that's a recognizable voice. I can't picture that guy, though. Yeah. He does a lot of older films. I can't picture that guy. Uh, speaking of people that made this movie and are involved, the director also directed The Lion King, apparently. Yeah, no wonder I like it so much. No wonder it's so emotional. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know The Lion King that well. Um, but uh, for kids, right? I think they needed an animal animator and... Animal nader. An animal nader. And the guy from The Lion King fit that bill. I think this was an obvious move for him because this is, one, it's the first number one picture of the 21st century. What? Yeah. This is the first number one film of the 21st century. And also, it's the first live action animation hybrid for Columbia Pictures. Interesting. So, it's a really big up and coming thing. So, what has come before this? Uh, Casper. Jurassic Park and Casper. Mm, Jurassic Park is not a, a live action animation hybrid. What? They're animatronic. What? Yeah. It doesn't count because the first live action animation hybrid is Casper, which we watched last year, no. last year for no, Halloween. No, 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 no. I thought Casper was the first like starring character. Oh, I see like, what you're speaking saying. speaking character. I see what you're saying. I think. Like a part in the movie with speak with like a role. Main character. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Jurassic Park is all beasts. I think you're right about that. Yeah. I apologize. No worries. But yeah, because all this stuff is not possible until Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park blew the fucking doors open. Right. Uh, Toy Story as well. Right. Yeah, here we are. So cool. Animals look great. Not bad. Not too much of an uncanny valley with any of them, even with the speaking cats, which is hard to do. Uh, you pointed out green lips on the homie, uh, the like really adorable cat. Monty. Yeah, Monty. Yeah. Um, that was a weird moment, but otherwise I think they did a, a wonderful job and I thought the, the animals were still cute and charming and, and, you know, for certain characters. And but. had like character. But why does Stuart Little mm-hmm. talk and why is he heard? And why do the other, does he just hear the cats? I think. Is he the only one that can hear the cats? I think he is. Okay. But so I all, get that. Yeah. But all the mice talk for, to the humans. For some reason. Yes. Wow. 
unless the cats just choose to not be heard by people, which I'm also on board with. That's cool. This is, I'm trying to think of what world this could exist in. Like, yeah, Ninja Turtles, right? This is where people accept anthropomorphic animals. So then if that's the case, Splinter is a human being turned into a mouse. Depends on which version you look at. Depends on which version. Very true. So is this a universe in which Stuart Little was a real kid and then he was cursed by an evil samurai and... Or just the ooze, but... um, Or the ooze. Yeah, the origins of Stuart Little. I think we're reading beyond what the intention of the work is, but that's okay. Yes. Because we're watching it, and we got these questions, man. Really, the fascinating part about this whole entire thing as a kid is what is it like to be two inches tall? And also, cool, he can talk to cats. I wish I could do that. That's fun. (laughs) Right, as a kid, don't you wish you could talk know. to animals? Cats seem like assholes. Cats do, but like dogs. There's no dogs in this. There's no dogs. Wow. Yeah. There might wow. be in two or three, because there is also a third movie. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mice show up, and they claim to be his parents, and one of them is in a cheetah print jeggings, <laughs> and just... Like the ultimate stereotype. Again, it's just more hijinks and action. You know where it's going. It's so sad, though. He ends up getting locked away in a tower, I feel like. He Not for long. Moves, this is hours, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moves on to a golf course, which is a mini golf it's course. It's a mini golf course, yeah. And he lives in a castle. That's kind of cool. But he's like far removed from his family. And then, of course, there's the big reveal. It's all a scam, but it's so weird that the cats, the gangster cat, Mm -hmm. um, we just jumped right into this. Uh, There's a cat that's trying to help the uh, Snowbell cat get rid of him. So they orchestrate this other mouse family or couple to pretend they're his family. It's like. Why? His name is Smokey, and he orchestrates this because he believes it is against the natural order for a mouse to have a pet cat. And that is funny to me. It it is funny, but is it against the order to use mice to lure another mouse away from a family? Like, it's so so convoluted. Yeah, they entrapped... When they could have just killed him or captured him or something... Well, they're cats. What do they care? I think Snowbell devises all of this because he does not accept. It's not Snowbell's idea, though. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was. How? I mean, they he, go ask for help and he just says, OK, I'll help you. And then turns around oh, and goes, oh, fair off. enough. Yeah. And then yeah, it is really complicated for no reason. Saying, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. And I also feel bad to make for, it exactly like what you were saying. It was like, apparently. Yes. It's a lot like Annie. Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel really bad for this mouse family because it just seems like they wanted a son. I don't know if that's true or not, but... No, I don't think they did, but they got used to him. And of course, they don't want to see him die. Yeah. And the mom is like really upset about it. Yeah, because she doesn't want to... He's a good kid. Like, they're just doing it to... Apparently, they were cornered and threatened. Yeah. So, (laughs) this is a mess. It was really cool for me to see, though, because it made me more appreciative of the family that I had. 
to see like what are other families like Mm. and not to get too far into it. But at one point the I'll call her mama stout because I can't remember her first name, but mama stout smacks stout is the mice. Yes. She smacks Papa stout. Oh, good God. Okay. Smacks Papa stout with her purse and it's kind of abusive and growing up I had a family friend who had parents like this and I remember wishing like he was my brother and I could go live with him because we were like best friends and now having watched this movie I was able to see like no 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 it's good to live with the family that you're with that's a weird way to explain it but it did make me thankful for my family And I think that's kind of the point they're trying to get across to kids as well. Yeah, sure. Or maybe it's like a moral tale for adopted children. Like, maybe you don't want to know. It's complicated, man. All this stuff is too complicated to make a movie about it, but it does get the conversation going. Yeah. I think that's the least that this can do. God, now that I'm watching it again as an adult, I found out that my grandma um, put a kid up for adoption and that kid's granddaughter eventually reached out to me looking for information. And it was just a really weird situation. I feel like I have a different perspective on this whole entire movie now. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's very strange, and I'm not totally sure what they're trying to say about adoption or family through this movie. I think I'm onto something with this whole idea of, like, be thankful for the family that you have, but I don't know. Is it, like, what is it trying to say? It's trying to say that it's not easy to define family. Okay. Yeah, Even if his parents were alive, that wouldn't necessarily mean he's better off with them. Yeah. He likes where he is, and that's good enough. Okay. He doesn't need more than safety and love. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually, he gets that back. And it's Snowbell who helps him. Sort of, yeah. Kind of. He's a bastard up until the end. But again, I'm so mad about the whole cat thing to begin with, but then it's most of the movie after that. And... All that just takes so long just to show that he maybe he doesn't love him, but he needs him around because he he loves the family and the family loves him. Yeah. Gosh, it's just who cares? I don't know. We have this whole scene where the adoption could have ended after the boats. (laughs) We really could have. And that would have been just fine. But instead, we have this whole scene where the adoption lady comes in and she lets the little family know how Stuart's actual parents died. Oh, and yeah. It is the <laughs> most I'm like, why is this woman story. here, like, stirring this shit up right now? Because they literally... And they could have told her, oh, Stuart's not here anymore. They don't tell her that before she starts talking to him. Until, like, the end. It's fucking dumb. It is. But his parents died because of a cream of mushroom soup accident. And her, I don't know that I would refer to it that way. I think I would call it a grocery store accident. Yeah, sure. Just It's soup. Just so happens to be cream and mushroom. And she fixates on it, and she says, that's a really heavy soup. I bet it is. I'm sure it is. I mean, what do you think's heavier than that? Cream Tomato. of mushroom. 
What? I think tomato basil no. is heavier. Fuck no. Really? That's water. That's all water. Mm-hmm. Good point. Okay. If you're talking density, like mushroom and cream? Yeah. Um, millestroni? It's got some little meatballs. Did you say millestroni? Is that what it is? I mean, we're talking Stuart Little, so I can understand why you'd want the millestroni for The millestronies. What is it? Minestrone. Minestrone? Minestrone. You can tell I don't eat a lot of soup. I don't like that soup. Mm, Miso's no. definitely not heavy. No. No, no, no. Um, I think... Chicken noodle... No, because that's a condensed soup. Okay. I'm. Mm, it is condensed. I think they nailed it. Cream of mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, because that's still got like all the heavy liquid in it. It sounds heavy, but you know, it's probably not any heavier than any other soup. <laughs> Maybe not. They probably keep them roughly the same weight. Yeah, because there's like, wait, wait. There might be a difference, though, because, like, liquid volume versus weight. I don't know. If anyone on on the other end of our podcast... We're Googling this after this, too. ...listens we're, we're, and works for Campbell's Soup, can you tell us? We're looking, up RC boats. <laughs> we're looking up RC boats and soup weights. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> That's our research, our homework after this one. See, this is why the podcast is great. I mean, we would never care toot, toot. about RC boats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, toot toot. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast is so great. So great, guys. So great. You should be glad you're listening. That's kind of the whole film in a nutshell. I feel It like, wraps up yeah. after the cats fumble the ball and, you know, uh, Stuart's back home. Yes. Well, I, I wonder, though, what's going to happen to Snowbell after this? Um, He reluctantly is okay with it. Is he going to get beat up, though, on their streets? Oh, good call. I don't know. They're not going to take kindly to this. I'm worried no. for him. No, they probably won't. Yeah. But he's a comfy house cat. I think he'll be okay. He'll be okay. To snowball. To and snowball. He did show us his asshole in this movie, and I don't appreciate it. What that. a fucking bastard. <laughs> All right. I've got a very serious question for you. It is time, okay? It is time for you to tell me your highlight. Uh, let's see. My notes. Uh, ben. <laughs> the love, doll love Ben um, but you know honestly Kaylee I love this boat shit I love this miniature shit you you already touched on it but you got me at the little car driving around the fucking little car driving around come mm. on it was that's like little child dreams is, is making movies with all miniatures like uh, Team America World Police using actual little dolls and stuff like this I love that Y'all can't see this, but I am beaming. Like, that makes me so happy. It's the best fucking thing about this whole movie. Dude, what do we I do? I wish it wasn't a CG mouse in there. I wish they had, like, practical effects as much as they could, just like Gizmo driving <gasps> his little car. Yeah. Um, but there's a ton of it, and I love that. So I'm sold on this movie just because it's got so much of that. It's got a lot of cute animals, too, but... um. Uh, you know the 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 combination of uh the visual simulation of like the outfits and then the miniature scenes miniature boats in in that um and then adorable animals like this is fine this this is very entertaining um so yeah love that i like it oh that makes me happy i want to look into rc boats because why the fuck not 
And I love that, like, we found something new here. Like, I enjoy miniatures, you enjoy miniatures. Yeah, because I love stop motion and that kind of stuff, too. Uh, I mean, it's just residual of playing with toys when you're a kid, I think. I don't know if we've really talked about this, but my younger sibling and I used to make stop motion um, videos with Legos. Prove it. I will contact her and see if she still has videos. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, deal. Cool. Well, we would throw in effects, like explosion effects. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That'd be cool to see them again. So I'm going to dri- do some hunting. They're driving like a little RC car down um, a bridge in New York, and it looks really cool. It's so Already. Cute. But then you imagine... Oh, that I want to do that. I want to drive an RC car on that bridge. That looks awesome. Yeah. The only part I can genuinely remember clearly from the books is Stuart Little drives up to a gas station at some point and he asks for three. And the guy is like, three gallons? Three triple A's. No, he's saying three drops. Oh, three drops. It's so cute. This shit doesn't run on gas. Dude, in the book, it apparently does. It should not. No. Although that'd be economical. Sure. (laughs) Running on three, three drops, drops of gas. gas. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, dude. Okay, miniatures. Cool. That's very cool. All right. Yeah. Um, what is your low light? The cat. Why really? does the cat talk? I don't like that the cats talk. I don't like it. It's fucked up. The cats have it's, to talk. Then why don't we hear them? We then don't, why, do, why don't the people hear them? We need an antagonist. Am I to believe that he can hear the cats and the people, but is not translating. Am I to believe this? Yeah, that's a great point. It's fucking ridiculous. Why would he He should not immediately be? get home and be like, yo, the cat set me up, but then saved me. Okay, but is it also like a demon? He talks to me. Is it like a demon possession kind of thing? Follow me here. What if it's like Drop Dead Fred? Okay, there's this character... That nobody can hear talking. Okay. It's not like, I don't know, I need a different situation. But isn't it still possible for him to still come home and explain to his family, this is what just happened to me. And all the cats were involved. What I'm trying to say is he is the newcomer on the block and yes. he could translate whatever the fuck he wants for this cat. I think he's he doesn't want to stir the pot. Because Snowbell is already an established member of the family, and Stuart Little is not. But if I'm Snowbell, I'm coming up and saying, you can talk to these people? Can you please get me like what I need right Tell now? Tell them I want wet food. Yeah. Trim this hair. <laughs> clean <laughs> oh, my, my nose. <laughs> I can't breathe hardly. Yeah. 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 Poor buddy. I think that the things they open up, the questions they open up, create too many problems for the actual story and how it works. The questions left behind are greater than the number of answers we are given. Bombastic. Yeah. All right. So what is your highlight? My highlight. It's time, dude. Okay. So my highlight is. All right, everybody. I'm happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all
Hey, hey, you, you, welcome back. That was Billy Ocean with Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, 1988 hit from the album Now That's What I Call Music 11. <laughs> I don't know why that's what it says. Google, get your shit together. This man has an actual music career. He's not just a um, compilation artist. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway, That's weird. They have that listed as the album. When you pull it up, yeah, it says the album that it's on is now. That's what I call Music Eleven, as if that was released in 1988. Wow, good stuff. Anyway, Billy Ocean is the man. This song was the jam for a long time. A pretty popular song back in the day. I remember seeing this as an MTV kid, just on repeat, on replay. Always loved it, even if I didn't love the genre that much at the time. I was kind of. Um, more into aggressive music, but I like this. This is still good. And the music has the animation effect. So I think that that yeah. is kind of the tie in here with the live action versus animation. And, um, yeah, it's fun. It, it creates, uh, cause he's not doing much. At one point, he's just kind of like driving a car. Yeah. Not even driving it, actually. Sitting in a car. Yeah. On yeah. the wrong side. And then little fish pop up beside his head. Why is the steering wheel on the wrong side? I don't know. This is weird. I cannot explain that. Okay. To you. To me. Yeah. Uh, it was bothering me. Do you know the song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, figured yeah. you knew of the course. song, but you hadn't seen the video, right? Uh, no. Okay. No, I had not. Well, now that you have seen the video, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts? Holy cow. Um, Could you summarize this video? I, a man sees a random woman on the street and starts yelling at her? Yeah, because I'm not sure what the treatment is. You know, no. I, I, what do they say? Billy, we're going to have you drive a car. Of course, you're going to be in your car. Yes. Now, what are you going to do now? You need somebody to get into that car. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to go harass a woman. Yes. Okay? To get her into We're good, right? the car. And I Money. don't feel like the song is that. The song is no. kind of sweet. It's like, get out of my dreams and into my car. Yeah. That's cute. Like, I'm, I'm dreaming about it's you. I'm thinking about you. It's kind of a line. It's kind right? of a line. Yeah. So I see why they take it so literally in the music video, because it's kind of based on just a line. Yeah. It's not, uh, if I told you, get out of my dreams and get into my car, it, uh, I'd rather say, get out of my dreams and get into my arms. Ah, that's cute. See, that's more yeah. loving and like, But you respectful. don't say shit like that because it's corny as fuck. In a pop song? Yeah. Yeah. So you need it to be about your whip too. You got to show your ride. Oh, love. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See my car? I love this too. Yeah, he needs to prove he's not a scrub. Let's have a threesome. He's not hanging out of the side of the passenger side of he's his best friend's ride. You're right. He is driving. Yes. Yeah. Full control. I like it. He's kind of showing what he has. That's interesting. Before interesting. he picks up a date. Sure. Yeah, he's flexing. Yeah, a little bit. Like a bird. A little bit. But he could have a great car in a shitty house. We don't know. We don't know. But we know that his name is William Ocean. We do. And he's probably driving that car to the Walda. Mm -hmm. Right? He's a beach guy. 
Yes, and he sees the water with his ocean eyes. He's a son of a beach. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the music video in general is a little creepy in the beginning, and then we be. get into the animation stuff. It's cool. I'm feeling it. We get to like a drive-in. That's really classic. His yeah. outfit for this, we hit the all-white all nostalgia stuff. Yeah, <laughs> really though, uh, because the fifties like love. The 80s love the 50s. The 50s love cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're all about Big cars. cars. But his outfit during the drive-in scenes is so iconically 80s. It's all white. It's very loose. Mm -hmm. Very loose. <laughs> it's amazing. Flowy and white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're the new Rome. I love it. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. These white, flowy white suits. That's just the new toga. Yeah, the 80s were all about capitalism what was the okay. cocaine of uh that era though for them uh, was it just cocaine it was opium it was okay there yeah, you go cocaine is in Co south america which yeah. we hadn't been to yet so we white people i'm talking about we white people white people yeah uh so no probably opium was the big thing makes sense yeah. that'll work too yeah. you got any highlights for this thing Oh, you know what? I take it back. It's poppies. That's my there bad. It it's poppies. Yeah, close enough. All right. Uh, continuing. Do I have a highlight? Yeah, his outfit is really cool. I thought the animation was really fun. Mm. Yeah. Okay, low lights. Yeah, yeah, the creepiness of it. Also, he's driving on the wrong side of the car. And that really bothered me. Like, why? Why is this? It was so know. weird. This one time I was driving around our town that we live in um, before I met you. And I look over out my window and there is a lady like right next to me with a steering wheel. She was driving on the wrong side of her car. Oh. And she's like this little old lady. And I was just so confused by what I saw that like she's I missed. a foreign car, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. why would you have your foreign car shipped over to America so you can drive on the wrong side of the car on the wrong side of the road? You know what I'm saying? It made no sense to me, but it was just this little old lady sitting on the wrong side of her car huh. driving. But no, the car behind me honked at me because I was like so in shock of what I was seeing. I <laughs> missed that the light turned green. It was weird. Yeah. Um it just was a weird choice, in my opinion, but whatever. To have him on the wrong side. Yeah. Hmm. Is it because of the type of car? Maybe is it it's like, because he, it's his dream. This whole thing is his dream. It's like a Coraline situation where everything is backwards. Maybe, yeah. Or like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Everything in reverse. Right. I like that and then theory. I don't. I didn't pay attention to this close enough to see like if it changes when she gets in the car. It does not. Oh, <laughs> it drove me mad the entire time. Okay, Ray. What is your highlight? Uh, highlight from this. I like when he uh, he starts the song. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. And he's just saying different Hi, things. Ken. And then he's like, hey, woman. <laughs> it's like, bro, that's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, okay, cool. I, I do appreciate you switching up the lyric, though. That That's nice. Gave me aqua vibes. It's very, like, Barbie girl. It's, it doesn't start the way I remember it, though. Like, oh. a lot of the verse elements, um, I don't remember that well. And that was surprising to me. Because I, I, I genuinely have not listened to this in a long time. I sing the chorus incessantly in my head. 
Um, how could you not? It's it's amazing. <laughs> I've heard it's almost Michael McDonald esque. I sang it before we watched it today. Before we watched the movie, really? Yes, it's become so. And I thought I spoiled my me. my uh, interruption video by singing the the song, and I was like, she probably didn't notice. You couldn't, but I couldn't stop singing. I'm like going to the bathroom, and I start singing it again. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was too distracted to notice because since like two days ago, I've had this song stuck in my head that nobody moved, nobody get hurt. That song has been stuck in my head nonstop and it's not a good song. So (laughs) now I have this. Thanks. Low light. Low light. Um, The modulation in the bridge is awful there's a well like a solo portion yeah it's kind of the bridge and solo uh don't like what the music does there just to come back to some build-up that drops us right back down to the original key which is kind of how pop songs work i you know i know i'm complaining about pretty popular song structure here but it does not work in this song at all Hmm. i think this thing is a bop i think it needs to be about 30 to 45 seconds shorter um and you God damn! Don't need synth solos, uh, sax solos, or guitar solos. Sure, you, you maybe one of those things. I say that about a lot of '80s pop music. It's just a little too long. I'm a grouchy guy about soloing anyway. I hear you. I don't particularly like it. I don't think a good song needs a solo. I think, I think a good song needs a solo when it's called for, but not, it doesn't always need the solo. Like it, it I, only needs it when it works. Yeah. I know this is questionable right now, but I like when 1975 does a solo. I think they do a really good job. They don't often, though. So that's kind of what I'm saying is I think they pick their moments well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Word up. All right. Well, uh, thanks for humoring the um, 1988 pop scene. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime. We'll see you next time. Drug. So my highlight is the same as yours, unfortunately. But tiny the minotaurization. Clothes, yeah, tiny clothes are so cute. Everything about it's adorable. His little sink, him trying on the clothes in that like teeny tiny dress room. Well, and we talked about the fact that Lipnicki said that he wanted a little brother mm-hmm. and, and not a big brother. And then he gets kind of like a combination, but like. He he doesn't really appreciate the potential at first, right? Like, he's disappointed, right? Yeah, but then we get to the cool town. And he starts to realize. He's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. His car, um, Stuart Little's car, comes out of a Lego garage. <laughs> that was really cool to Hell me yeah. as a kid. I still love it. This whole bit where he's in a miniature world... He fakes putting himself on the tracks when yeah. the train is coming. Like all the little moments. I was so worried because I thought um, Lipnicki was pun like fucking with him. <gasps> oh. Because he's like, he, he had the idea of, oh, you're little. I can do this and I don't like you. So I was worried for a second. But then they're like cracking up after he jumps up off the tracks. I, that was such a cool moment. That's a really good reveal. Yeah. yeah I think they did a really fun job yeah, of building their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they had to. Um, I understood his disappointment. It, all that stuff tracks. That's why I say the first 45 minutes or so, it's it, it's, its own movie. Yeah, and it's so and, about being a kid. And the conflict 
is is low stakes, sure, but it's everyday and relatable to the point of like uh, fascination. Mm-hmm. You know, like we want this to succeed, but we also understand it's got to go through its problems. So um, it's this thing that like it's not that challenging as a viewer, but it's also rewarding in the same uh, at the same time. I think I just unlocked something mentally. Um, and I don't know if we're going to keep this in the podcast or not, but I feel like it needs to be said. There's this moment where Lip Nikki is still being disappointed, but Stuart Little um, is like, hey, are we brothers? And Lip Nikki's kind of like, meh. And he's like, how friends. about a friend? We friends. Really, I had so many siblings as a kid. Yeah. My parents just, you know, brought people into the house and, um, you know, they would refer to different kids as my brothers or sisters. And of course, they meant like brother or sister in Christ, right? That's the idea. Um, but I just wanted a friend. You know, I wanted somebody who would be my friend who wasn't significantly older than me like most of the kids who my family brought in were. There are inherent boundaries, and there should be with family too, but there are inherent boundaries in friendship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, a separation that, of comfort. Yeah. You know, that, that creates comfort, I'm sorry. And I have a completely different relationship with my best friend than what I have with my sisters, right? And I have a completely different relationship with my sisters than what I have with my best friend. It can be more rewarding in some cases to be closer to somebody that you choose. Yeah. Because it's amazing. So I think what Stuart Little is really saying in that moment is, choose me, because I'm choosing you. He he, thirsty, though. I'm telling you, man. Stuart is out here just wanting this family. Like, he will do anything for that family Wouldn't to drop it low. That? Wouldn't you want that? You know, if, if you I'm an orphan his, and yes. I don't have any parents? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't want a dad, necessarily. I didn't have a dad. I didn't necessarily want <laughs> you one. You didn't need a dad. No. Well... I can't say that, but yeah. No, because I mean, I had that perfect representation of like, it doesn't matter what they're called. What role do they play for you? Yeah. Are they taking care of you? Are they giving you guidance? Are they there for you, you know, to ask questions and to, you know, to get help from? Those are caretakers. Ultimately, our, all of our family members are caretakers. Yes. They should be, you know, our, our closest uh, relatives, whether they're big brothers, sisters, um, dads, uncles, uh, the closest of relatives that you are around frequently. Yeah. My aunts. Uh, I have several aunts that are like mothers to me. Yes. Uh, at least three, you know what I mean? So, it, it or two, sorry. It's wild. that, that this is, that we've, we've been in that kind of world. We've seen a lot of movies that talk about that and touch on that sentiment of you kind of choose family in some cases, and that's okay. They're yeah. just as real as any other family. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And for it to be a forced forced thing, especially upon children, I think that's very difficult to get over. But this whole idea of like friendship yeah. forming here, it hits in a different way. For me, you asked if I was okay at some point, and I, I kind of get that. Like, But for me, the most kind of bothersome thought that relates to my world is the idea that he has to go live with these people just because he is a blood relative. That was the part where I checked in with you. Right. I mean, his fake real family show up and take him away. And now I never really had to live with, although I did live with Gabe for a little while. 
I forget why, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was fine. I, in Gabe's house, I had some fleas sometimes, so that wasn't always great. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Gabe's house. I loved his parents. I, yeah, I love being over there. But at the same time, even if they are my family, I still liked being with other, you know, some family members above others. And I couldn't just say that as a kid. I couldn't no, say, no, I prefer yeah. to be with them. Yeah. No, this doesn't work for me. You, you don't feel like you can say that. But I think I might have been able to say that. I don't know. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But I never tried it. Never asked. It's never been a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely members of my family that I feel incredibly close to and members of my family that I just don't. And I stay in touch with them because I feel like I have to. Right. Because they're family. You know, even if I like fundamentally disagree with them. Right. I stay in touch with them. Like if I get, I'm watching a Bengals Super Bowl game and I get texts from relatives that I'm not like super close to. I like them perfectly fine. Sure. But it's just like, where have you been? I've been a <laughs> fan of this team since I was five fucking years old. For forever. Like, you don't say shit to me, you know. Yeah. My family won't even text me when an article comes out. I will literally text them and be like, hey, I, just, I wrote an article. It's published. Yeah. And they will not text back. Uh, I think I was on highlight. My highlight was just the miniatures. Yeah. And this whole idea of like bonding as a family, it was cute. All right, low light. Low light is Reggie eating peanuts. Okay. Okay. It was a little weird. Those peanuts look boiled and not roasted. They look so disgusting. And it bothered me so much as a kid that I couldn't watch it. There was something like <laughs> unsettling about this man just like housing peanuts. And there's like little bits flying everywhere. Oh, it, it grossed me out. And I don't know if it was like the combination. I didn't notice the little bits. I don't know if it was a combination of like watching a mouse eat or like just watching that specific mouse eat and he's taking away Stuart Little. I think them peanuts look gross and that's what it was. It was so gross. And then they end up like when the forensic team comes in so they can try and find Stuart Little. The forensic team comes in and like takes one of the peanuts and bags it as evidence. Yeah, Yeah, because he put his hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. Little rat prints. I don't know. Or mouse prints. I don't know. If this happens in my house, I'm tossing those peanuts. I'm getting them the fuck out of my coffee table. If a little mouse is eating them? Yeah. 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 I feel like if I was leaving out little snacky things, anytime someone came over and had some of them, I would throw out the rest. I'm not sure what's acceptable in like the relationships with animals. You know what I mean? It's already dicey enough between races and gender and all that stuff in, in our reality. Yeah. But then you introduce mice yeah. people into it. What are the rights and wrongs in the, you know, what's taboo there? Like, I don't, I don't know. This is a strange world. And I, yeah. I, I have problems with that. Yeah. I think there's too many inconsistencies with like who can hear who. Um, why are mice people? Is uh, this all just I symbol- symbolic? I, I feel like every movie you show me is just symbolism for some sort of childhood um, perspective or uh, event or you know passage yeah. into uh, a new way of life or you know um, adulthood or adolescence, well, yeah. whatever it is. It's always something that is like really weird, but it's just meant to symbolize this transitional period for somebody. It's because I'm showing you kids movies and that's what kids movies are. Those are not the kids movies that I grew up with though. 
I grew up with 90s kids movies where we had like a solid foundation of like child education and child development. So we're working it into films so that parents will pay money to take their kids to theaters to see these like moralistic happy tales that have a, a happy tales. some kind of basis in child psychology. Right. I think by the time we get to the 90s, we actually have kids TV. We have the Disney Channel full time and we have kids movies proper. So everything I'm showing you is like a kids movie proper. I I just don't have many of those. And not to say I don't have any, but yeah. Yeah. We will see them. All right. Do you feel like you learned anything? Uh, specifically from this movie about you, I don't know. Um, I think this is one of the better kids movies you brought in. So cool. It redeems your taste for sure. I was, I don't think there's anything, anything specific though. You know, you learned, I love miniatures and I went sailing. Well, we've already established that. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to be redundant. That's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I knew that, though. <laughs> so so then I feel like we're good here. We've talked about the film. You were worried I wasn't going to like it, so I've learned that yeah. like, you really don't know. <laughs> I really don't, and it's because I haven't seen this film since I was a kid. I was going to guess that. Yeah. And maybe it's just the time that um, makes you nervous about it. And I never know if something really weird is going to be worked into that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you never know. There could be some sort of uh, unaged cheddar just lingering there <laughs> hanging out some um slightly eaten peanuts yep yeah all right i have one final question what are we watching next dude we're gonna go big this year fall's coming Halloween is coming Halloween, and this is the season of threes it is i think it's time to do something big we're gonna do a three on three <gasps> we're going big three ice cube style and i don't mean unvaccinated i mean we're going crazy with some horror films <laughs> that's right yeah which is much safer than being unvaccinated yeah we're gonna start halloween a little bit early our next episode is gonna be spooky because we want to do three on three. Oh, yeah. three classics followed by three cults Cult classics, that's right. Yes. So our idea here, and we'll, we're going to surprise you. We're not going to reveal everything right now, but um, we are going to start with some vampire movies. Yeah. And the first being my choice, the teen motherfucking vampire classic, <laughs> The Lost Boys. <laughs> is it a vampire movie? Girl. What? Girl. I thought it was about Peter Pan. What is it about? The Lost Boys. It's a vampire movie? 1987 fucking classic. What? My mom asked me, you're watching The Lost Boys? <laughs> and I was like, Ma, I love that movie. Ma. I watch that shit a lot. I didn't know it was a vampire movie. I am so... Just you wait. Oh, no. Yo, you about to be in the room where it happens, and I cannot wait to okay. kick off vampire season, because I know you got something coming. Um, and then after our vampire uh, selections, mm-hmm. we're going to move on to a cult classic, and we're going to leave that one as a surprise for now. I love it. I cannot wait to reveal that one, though, because that that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> I'm going to watch The Lost Boys, y'all. The freaking Lost Boys. I'm excited. Okay. I, I'm nervous. I, I didn't know it was a vampire movie, and I know pretty much nothing about it. That's wonderful. All right. Cool. Wow. Okay. So that's the podcast. We will catch you next time. Stunned. When we watch The Lost Boys. Boo. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing. <laughs>